around, gather around, join us for a spell. There is magic to be found, and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Welcome back, everybody. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be back. It's very good to be back. Yes, yes. We missed you. And I noticed on our live, because I rewatched it, because I'm so vain. Okay, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I did. I rewatched it. And I realized it cut out when I said, we're going to be interviewing MJ Cullion, which I think most people got that that's what I was saying. <laughs> but we're interviewing we're very excited. her. I'm so excited. Like Fez at the end of the month, her at the end of the month, this wonderful human named Carly, who's part of the Triple Goddess Coven at the end of the month. And that'll be sometime, every, listeners, you will all hear it in February. Spaced out We've got February. a star-studded lineup. I know. I know. I'm so honored and excited. I can hardly stand myself. So, yeah. I love it. So we're back from the holidays. We're back. And you sent me a really interesting article. You want to talk about it? Uh, the one about the stars? Yeah. The Pleiades. Uh, it, it is the Pleiades, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was scrolling on Tumblr, like I do, because I'm a grown woman who has a Tumblr, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> who would, whichever federal agent is assigned to monitor my internet activity is like, wow, that's a lot of gay fanfic and landscapes <laughs> and political upheaval posts. I love it. Have you ever anyway. seen that wireless thing that says name your wireless router and people have named their wireless router FBI agent van number one? <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, so I back. love creative Wi-Fi networks. It makes me laugh. Oh um, okay. But back, I came across <laughs> I came across this article that someone posted about the Pleiades or the Seven Sisters, which is a constellation. And the reason it got my attention is because the headline was like, the story of the Seven Sisters, 100,000 years old, world's oldest story, question mark. And I was like, you have my attention. Thank you very much. Um, because you all know how I love a good story. I think stories are wicked important. I think they're what bring us together and make us people. Yeah. Um, stories make communities and have incredible power, and I love them. So this story of the Seven Sisters, I have a little bit of notes I took because I wanted to make sure I said all the things that were amazing about it. Mm, so... Um, many cultures around the world refer to the Pleiades as the Seven Sisters, and a lot of them have the similar stories. So research indicates that these stories might go back 100,000 years, oh which is bananas. Um, it's amazing. Two that were cited the most in this article were the Greek story and the Aboriginal Australian story, both of which are stories of seven sisters and a hunter. Now, if you know the story of the Pleiades, uh, you know that Orion was chasing these women for unsavory reasons. I won't get into that because it's gross. And 
Um, in Australia, they called that uh, constellation of Orion the hunter of women. Oh, no um, way. Mm-hmm. And so and the reason... I'm going to yeah, yeah? be stupid geography here for a moment. Hit me up. I know Australia's in the southern hemisphere, but Greece is indeed in the northern hemisphere, correct? Sure is. So they're completely different hemisphere. I love this. Okay, yes. It's Sorry. wonderful. It's amazing. No, thank you for like asking that. That's oh so gosh. it's so interesting and important to know how widespread this yeah. is. Um so there there are other regions um and other cultures that have this story, including European cultures, African, Asian, Indonesian, Native American, and also um Oh, wait, I already said Asian. <laughs> Asian twice. Asia's big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but back 100,000 years ago, there, the two stars, um, Atlas and Pleione, were a lot farther apart. So it was very clear that there were seven, whereas now they're kind of mushed together so much that it looks like one to the naked eye. So it looks like there are only six stars in the Pleiades. Now, why that's important is because all of these stories talk about seven sisters with one missing, which means that originally there were seven. And in the time since the story started, one has gone missing. Now, what I think is the most buckwild, amazing part of this is... Ray and Barnaby Norris, the researchers who are writing this paper that this article is about, posit that this story began in Africa with the first human beings, because the first human beings came from Africa. And the reason that the story is everywhere is because this story is like in our bones and our blood from being like one people in one place and it traveled through the diaspora of just like moving away and is from that, that place is that how they're tracing the age of it as well because mm -hmm. they can trace oh my gosh they were at first they were like well it can't have been the greeks taking it it can't have been europeans taking it to australia because it exists in australia before australia was colonized um and so they did a lot of research and found that this story can be traced back to Africa like 100,000 years ago. And I just think that's so amazing because like before there was anything, there was stories, man. I love that. And I know that sounds like a super high 3 a.m. kind of thought, but like <laughs> I just love it so much. I love it, too. And now I want to be high at 3 a.m. today. I'm right? Truly. <laughs> Gosh, after the day we've had, I'm like, maybe go outside, smoke a blunt, go to bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> by the way, if you uh, thought we were recording right after we did our live, which was our plan, we had yet more technical difficulties, but now we're all good. We should just call For it real. bonfire. Technical difficulties. <laughs> bonfire. Yeah. Yeah. So we're Woof. recording on uh, January 6th. Epiphany 2021. And is it if you Epiphany? Know, you know. What? Is it already Epiphany? It's Epiphany. Lord yeah. have mercy. Okay. Yeah. And I think some people had some Epiphanies today. <laughs> Woof. Or at least uh, they admitted finally how dangerous and unhinged this president yeah. is. 
it's been rough. And if you know, you know. And if you don't, let's just move on. Let's move right on. Yeah, because uh, you don't even know what our topic is today unless, of course, you've <gasps> read the title. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of a dead giveaway. Yeah, I guess so. The title was it. <laughs> Is there but is there anything else you want to chat about before we head into that? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, you ready to brew some potions, Dana? <gasps> brew. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire burn and cauldron bubble. Um, oh, now I want gonna... Oh, now I now I also want A midnight margarita? margaritas. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. Truly. <laughs> I'm like, "Hmm, what do I have in the fridge right now?" Hmm. hmm. Um, but yeah, we're talking about potions today, and uh, I'm going to do a little bit of history, and then we're going to like dive in. Awesome. Um, I feel like maybe. Yeah. It's time to head into the library? Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. For potions. Okay, so when we talked about doing this episode, I got really excited because I think there's as with a lot of ritual things, there's people who were like, this has to be done a certain way. And there are other people like me who's like, my chai is a potion, so get off my back about oh, it. Oh, it so is. <laughs> it actually is. Those it All is. those ingredients are a potion. So Totally. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit of history. It's not like a crazy amount so that we can start talking pretty quickly about like what we like to do. So. My resources for this episode is our Friendly Neighborhood Wikipedia and National Geographic because a large number of the stuff I found was cited through the Wikipedia page. So they were very thorough on this one. And I like kept getting routed back and back and back and back and back. Um, so yeah, Wikipedia and National Geographic. Now. Let's talk about the word because I love words. Potion comes from the Latin potio, which is to to drink, um, and then later became known as a liquid that contains medicine, poison, or something that is supposed to have magic powers. I love which I that. think is cool. Yeah. Um, the world the word filtra was also often used, but that was more specifically for love potions. Um, do do do. The word. Potus is also attributed to this word, which means to drink, which became potienum, meaning a poisonous draft or magic potion. And then the 12th century potion, which means a potion draft or medicine, later became colloquially known as medicine drink. And then in Spanish, I just love words. Uh, I do too. Potion equals potion and ponsonia equals poison and in italian pozione means potion and poison but by the 15th century in italian potion became specifically used as a word for magical or enchanted drinks so pozione became synonymous it became like this is a magical drink um potions have had a range of purposes from immortality to love to health to murder to all kinds of things um, all throughout history in 17th through the 19th century europe um, sex workers courtesans enchanters and midwives as well as the herbalists in the villages who were often labeled as witches yeah. were known to distribute potions also cunning women yeah. yes or wise women 
which is another thing they were called. Um, This is going to make you mad. So (laughs) hold on to your butts because I got pretty pissy about it. Um, In Europe, from the 12th to the 15th century, uh, women were where you went to get help when doctors were too expensive. And doctors were male, pretty much always. And also, this is not throwing shade at doctors now. I have mad respect for doctors now. Yeah, really. That's a relatively recent thing, by the way, that doctors were trusted. Um, Like, in the the history of the world, it's relatively recent. Uh, Sawbones does a bunch of really great stuff about that. So if you want to go listen to Sawbones, go listen to that. They talk about it. But back in the 12th to 15th century, doctors were very much like, you have ghosts in your blood. Do cocaine about it. And, like, they weren't going to help you. And if they did quote help you they were going to make you pay for it so if you couldn't pay for it you went to um the wise women or cunning women or the women in your household yeah um when there was no woman in the household um you would go talk to the village wise woman um i would like to put a quick trigger warning in this moment so if you would like to skip ahead about 20 seconds from when I say go, you're going to miss it. Uh, but it has to do with certain potions containing abortificants. So from Skip now. Oh, from so from now to ready, get ready and skip. So a lot of these women were involved with um, like baby things and reproductive health. And a lot of these women sold those things, which made them very, very in trouble with the church. And we're back. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of old potions contained um, careful amounts of substances that would make a person feel an effect. So substances like Spanish fly or opium or cannabis or other uh, like not hallucinogens necessarily, but like other opioids or or alcohols or things that would make your body feel like it was doing something mm-hmm. now this is where history can kind of uh in the more modern world like in the 1800s in europe america um, probably around the world it can get kind of crossovery with like quackery and um patent medicines things like that I personally think they are different because I think that those were made for profit. I think that those were made with an absolute eye on money and the fact that they knew they didn't work. Whereas a potion, I think, has a much more specific intention and a potion is never designed to like make a profit. It's made Mm. to make someone better. But that's just me probably being very naive. I have a list here of... Uh, potions. I have a list here of um, places that have an ancient history of potion making, um, and that is Africa, the Dominican Republic, Indonesia, Romania, Finland, the ancient Aztecs, chocolate, anybody? Hello? Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Uh, Greece and the Native Americas. Um, all of those places have histories, and probably every other place yeah. on the planet, but those places all 
have histories of love potions, of drafts of immortality, of of um, aphrodisiacs are a big one for potions. Oh, you know, it's so interesting to me. And same with the way Practical Magic, the movie, starts out, is that it all comes down to love potions and trying to get somebody to fall in love with you uh, in, in modern day reflection. But uh, that's what a lot of, and especially, it makes total sense. Because back in the day when you needed to have somebody marry you by the age of like 23 is anybody watching bridgerton i'm just gonna throw not that yet. out there not right yet now. it's in my queue don't tell so me so i'm not gonna spoil anything for you but okay. oh my goodness the shonda land holy crap right within the very first episode she talks about the fact um, the woman talks about the fact about how her worth is completely reliant on being married yeah and she's like 19 or 20 or something like that and and that her life will be ruined if she is not married and by the age of 21 or 22 you're considered a spinster so of course it makes sense that if you were getting desperate um or you wanted to make a good match so that you'd have a good life that you'd be seeking out these love potions so of course they're prevalent i think it's super important to historically speaking to remember that the oldest motivations were not money yeah you know what i mean they were sex and love and yeah. and power in those ways and money is relatively new in the like geographic geologically speaking and so the oldest motivations are very different they're very personal and so it makes sense to me that like when you look up the word potion the first thing you get back besides the wikipedia article is love potions Love potions and aphrodisiacs. Love spells. Love spells, aphrodisiacs, big. and immortality potions, baby. That's what people wanted. Yeah. That's what the people wanted. I love potions. And I love actually adding dry ice to my potions back when it was easy to walk into a grocery store and head back to the fish department. Say, hey, can I get some dry ice? Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. Not just around Halloween either. Anytime I get dry ice in like a package or something, if I've gotten something frozen delivered, I always put it in the sink so that it looks like my sink is possessed by demons or something. Awesome. <laughs> I like that. I think um, it, so. So, yeah. Now that we know a little bit. Potions. Yeah. Now that we know a little bit about the history of potions, shall we head out to the bonfire, my friend? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, listeners. As we head out to the bonfire, we are also heading out to the portion of the podcast we were able to record before January 6th and what happened in the United States. So just keep that in mind as you listen to our hopeful thoughts and maybe even carry those into the future with you as we move forward. Uh, cool. Okay, so coffee, can it be yeah. a potion? Yes. Bathtub, can it be a potion? Oh my gosh, yes. Soup. Can it be a potion? Every day. Hell yes. Yeah. What we're saying is <laughs> it can be a potion. So that definition of a potion, something you imbibe or put on your body. Uh, and it's interesting, too. A lot of time poultices were considered potions or infused with potions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially during wartime. Mm. There's some stories out there. There's some really great stories out there. I can I think of one title right now? No, I can't. But there <laughs> are, and uh, fictional and real ones about uh, how what was called witchcraft 
would heal men on the field and a lot of a lot of that Florence Nightingale stuff or witchy women. I promised, well, I didn't promise anyone. I promised myself. Uh, Yesterday, I made my husband listen to me get real heated about the history of potions and women in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, I need to get this off my chest so I don't yell on the podcast tomorrow. And he was like, all right, hit me with it. And then afterwards, he just kind of sat there like, whoa, she's mad. I'm very mad about it. Um, It makes me very frustrated that when I look at an article about famous potion makers, they're all three women and all three of them were either whipped to death, drowned, no, burned at the stake or excommunicated. And not only that, but right before that, there is notable incidents stated in their histories about all the lives they saved. Oh, right. So, oh, yeah. And most of them were not what they weren't like what we do now. This self-proclaimed witch. That they, we were are now. Yeah, they were healers. Yeah, they were healers and herbalists and and women who paid attention and had the audacity to be smarter than men wanted them to be. Yeah. And I get really, really pissy about it. <laughs> and I was taking notes last night and uh, I just got so mad that I had to put my pen down and look at my husband and go, I need to be mad about something. And he was like, ready. <laughs> what a good guy. Uh, what a good, good guy. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I'm, we were talking earlier in the episode about these intentions going forward into the new year. And I feel like it's ready. I'm ready to move forward in a place where I am focusing on what I want to be in the world. You know, that great old, you know, be the change you want to see, all that good kind of stuff. And which I've absolutely prescribed to for, you know, as long as I can remember. But actually doing it in my heart and not feeling guilty about focusing on the good things. And I feel like I'm ready to tell new stories. You know, I'm ready to tell the stories that don't include all the persecution. I am ready. And it's it's not a dishonoring, which has taken me a long time to come to, mm-hmm. that if I am telling stories about the way I want the world to look, that does not negate the pain. It does not negate the suffering that was had. It, I think, in its own way, honors the next level. We're leveling yeah. up. It's like yeah, a video yeah. game. We're leveling up to, uh, and, and that if we can focus on what we want, bring in that goodness into those stories, those stories are going to start to be more prevalent in the real world. I'm ready for that. And I, I, I want to actively work towards that. I think that's important, mm-hmm. too. I don't remember if I made up this hot take or I read it somewhere. But it I was love basi- your hot takes, by the way. <laughs> it was basically that, like, if you only focus on the pain and persecution of marginalized peoples. Yeah. What that does is furthers supremacy 
because it makes those people nothing but pitiable and like charity case type thing yes. situation. Yes. And so it's so important to, yes, acknowledge the persecution, but like mm-hmm. to also lift up the joy. Yeah. That's and why the you did. that's why the barrier gaze trope is so frustrating. Or like women in stories being fridged is just so frustrating because it makes them victims. I've never heard fridge before. Wow. It's gross. It's it's so like when I'm watching new media or reading new media or listening to something, I automatically do the Bechtel test and then yeah, I, do, I love the Bechtel test. And then I do the scan of like who is represented, who's being tossed away like they're disposable Mm -hmm. and why and usually it's a woman is dead so the male protagonist can start his big journey whether it's revenge Mm. or adventure or whatever it's i like when we constantly (laughs) when we constantly put people in the stories and only show their pain it dehumanizes them yeah it does so yeah, and, so that's what I'm ready for. Yeah. Like I'm I don't want to be a paragon to pain. Yeah, but it's really also good that you you like got it out of your system. You have yeah. to feel it. You know the resisting thing. That's been my biggest problem with resist, resist. You know what you resist persists. You actually have to work toward what you want, and uh, and all that good stuff. So anyway, potions. Potions are fun. Potions, potions are, are fun. They are. They can be as complicated and as simple as you want. And this is this is where grabbing your if you all you knew witches out there, if you haven't started a journal or a book of shadows or uh, anything like that to start writing down your correspondences, this is a great use for that potions. Oh, my gosh. Just the correspondences of how you're feeling herbs, uh, spices plants moon phases moon phases all of that that you just have at your fingertips and can go you know i'm feeling like this today and i want to imbibe a potion that will make me feel blah 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 yeah and you can do that and it doesn't have to be the gin martini it can be the cinnamon in your coffee in the morning i wanted to ask each other what our first potions were and why do you remember yours I have a very distinct memory. Oh, this is very weird, actually. And I hadn't thought about it in years and years, except that you just asked. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and we used to go on field trips down to the Sound to, like, see the gooey ducks, like, spit bubbles up out of the sand and, like, tide pools and stuff like that. I love those. I have, like, a very vivid memory of taking a stick and like making a hole that was filled with like seawater mm-hmm. or sound water, I guess, and like throwing little rocks in it and like stirring it wow. like a potion and being like, yes, this is obviously magic. <laughs> and it was. And it was. Mm. But my first like grown up potion, mm-hmm. I don't know. You don't remember? I don't actually know. What's one I feel of like your. I've been... What? I just, I feel like I just feel like been doing it for so long that i don't know i actually remember mine 
It was tell on, me, tell me. It was on a Halloween. It was on a when I was still calling it Halloween before I was calling it Samhain, um, and now Samhain. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Gaelic hey, is hard. I, I did it. I did it when I was just reading those Llewellyn things. Samhain before the internet, before people could speak to me and say Samhain. Um, actually, I did discover it before then because somebody finally at Llewellyn did did everybody a solid and put a pronunciation guide next to it oh. one year. So that Lord was nice. Less phonetics. Yeah, but it was it was app. I I actually looked it up because I do journal, and I know some people are not journal are not journal. <laughs> That's a hard word. That's a tongue twister. I, Dada. I don't think a lot of I don't think everybody journals. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there. <laughs> and, but I find it. I am so I'm finding all these journals, and most of them are half full. By the way. Because although I do like to journal, I'm not going to claim to be consistent as I want to be, but I have been around this kind of stuff. And so I, I went back and I found I found my first one and it was apples and cinnamon and clove and mugwort, which I can't remember what this tasted like, but it must not have been very good. <laughs> mugwort and um, and cardamom. And it was for uh, psychic and connection to ancestors. And it was my grounding vibes. Yeah. And it, of course, had dry ice because that's how I rolled. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta get that spooky, smoky vibe. It was so much fun. Yeah. Little Miss actor here had to set the stage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I still love dry ice. Anytime I can get dry ice. I haven't done it this year, but Yeah. Yeah. We usually I get got, some. Yeah. I got some dry ice in a package because I ordered some uh, like farm fresh meat yeah. in, <laughs> in the mail. And uh, I put it in the sink <laughs> so that it looked like there was like something brewing in my sink. It was it brought me a lot of joy. I love it. I love dry ice. I love how it does. It gives me a lot of joy as well. I actually owned a fog machine for a while, too. And, and I would turn that puppy on. I would. I'd do it in my room. <laughs> and fake torches. But oh now I just goodness. use real candles. <laughs> I just, you know, yeah, love that fire. Yeah. Um, so what's what? one of your favorites? Uh, one of my favorite potions is my daily morning caffeinated <sighs> beverage. Here, here. Yeah. I, uh, that's me snapping. <laughs> but like tiny, adorable snaps, you should hear it when she really lets fly. They're loud. <laughs> um, I use my morning caffeinated beverage to say my daily blessing in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically that makes my morning coffee a ritual. And the consistency of that has been really nice. It's pretty recent in the last year or so I've been doing that. And... Basically, I just, you know, make my coffee with whatever and add a little pinch, not even a pinch, like a grain of smoked salt and some cinnamon and I stir it and I say my blessing and then I drink it and then I go back for more. Yeah. <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah. Yeah. I I I was thinking about saying, you know, I'm going to limit myself to one cup of coffee a day. And then I went, why do why would I do that to myself? Why? Why torture In this myself? economy? <laughs> <laughs> so so um, yeah and as we said earlier uh, so many things can be potions like soups are one of my favorite potions oh, yes. 
uh, aside from ritual potions, mundane. The mundane soups are one of my favorites, the everyday. Do you know what I was thinking hmm. today, actually? I was thinking about this, um, how handy modern appliances have become for making potions. Can we talk about blenders for a second or immersion yes. blenders? I, I love my immersion blender and my like milk frother. Anything that will stir your shit for you. Yeah. <laughs> and like really get your ingredients incorporated. Yeah. Immersion like blenders fun. are like, I got one as a gift. I don't remember who gave it to me. One of the best gifts ever is so you good. You want to do a magic spell? You make mayonnaise with an immersion blender. Mm. Ooh. That's a magic spell. Well, because like you are turning liquids into a solid baby. I mean, not technically. Mayonnaise mm -hmm. is technically a liquid. But it's you're emulsifying, and it's incredible, yeah. and it's it's efficient, and it's it makes it easy to, like, get kind of fun and elaborate with your spell work and with your potion. I love blenders. I love... I just love kitchen potions so i'm gonna i'm gonna put out a goal here mm -hmm. i am putting out the goal of making my very first lip balm potion i've never made a lip balm and i've i've well let me take that back i've made solves before that are i absolutely think are, are healing potions and um but i've never yeah like that in a jar Corey's holding this. up a jar but I've never made them like actually in a tube that I can carry anywhere with me. And since I do that with my hair and I do that, I've, I haven't had my hair so short that I couldn't do a braid or a French braid since I was 23 or 24. I've kept it long enough to do that. So I can carry that with me anywhere. And I just decided, you know, I'd like to take a lip balm with me that had a potion all the time. Heck yes. Yeah. So that's a goal this year. I support that. I love Thank that. You. Let me know if it goes well. Maybe I'll try yeah. it too. We'll see. Maybe I'll do it on the on live story. Made a commitment to try to do more live stories with y'all this year, everyone. Same. So Same. yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, I mean, and speaking of like more lives and stuff, if you want to get that January newsletter, make sure you sign up for it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's going out in about a week. Yay. Yeah. I'm excited about them. Um, I I think what I love about potions, and, I'm, like, give me a hallelujah if you agree, is the, like, massive customizability of it. Mm-hmm. I do like it, that. It's just, it's something that is so, it can be super specific, like a recipe, or it can be very, like, improvised and loose, like, based on how you're feeling, like, Mad Madam Mim, just, like, throwing stuff in a cauldron. And yeah. Yeah. Do it's you ever, wonderful. so I'm so glad you said that because that segues to, I wrote down a couple of correspondences on potion spells that I wanted Yay! to share. Just a couple. And I'm, I'm, I've probably already said this, that Corey's going to put out some tiles and we'll put some of these. I'll send some to her because she makes them so pretty. <laughs> uh, you made me want to say something else before I went into this and now I don't remember what. Matt oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Now I know. <laughs> I'd love to ask you, have you ever just gone through, like, held out your hands over your ingredients through your house and just pulled things together? 
Or do you do that all the time? Is that the way you work? I've done that in my herb garden before. Yeah. Um, where I just was like feeling out the plants to like mm-hmm. see. Um, but I made a couple of spell jars for some friends at the beginning of all this unpleasantness. And I just kind of like took the basic knowledge that I had in my head of, of certain correspondences and just kind of like improved some some combinations and I I'm very intuitive with my mm-hmm. potions unless yeah. I'm following someone else's recipe I'm just kind of like I don't know throw it in <laughs> I I I'm so proud of you that is something that I didn't trust myself to do for a long time and now now I do it a lot more but I wish I'd done it earlier you know I nothing's uh, one blown of those up yet yeah and you know what <laughs> if they do it's it's not the end of the world I I just want to share a couple of correspondences um, I'm gonna share luck which these are the correspondence that I put in potions allspice nutmeg comfrey and heather and I have heather growing in my yard so it's accessible to me and it's not accessible to everyone um, you might think those sound a little bit like chai tea as well. I, I swear chai tea is like the best potion in the entire world. Everybody should drink chai tea all the time. I know I'm saying tea tea, uh, that that's what that means. And then courage, nettle and basil. And mm. I make a nettle and basil soup. And here's the thing. I know you can get nettles now a lot of the, a lot of the year, but they're really prevalent, of course, in spring. And early summer, and I just find that I love the seasonal of it, of like the renewal of. I'm gonna take on some courage here. We're a little bit into the year, and maybe I've started to fall off the wagon of things that I've wanted to do. And and then the other one that is big that well, I'll do two more if that's is that okay? I'll do two more. Uh, go off, yeah. Um, health is allspice, coriander, and chamomile. I do that one a lot. And then for mind strength, I do cardamom, licorice, real licorice. Anise or anise will do, but it, it's just not the same. It's not the same as licorice root. It's really close, but not quite the same. And orange and drinkable moon water. Make mm. sure it's drinkable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you've prepped it so that it's something you can drink. Um, sometimes I'll throw in some nutmeg for that one. But not very often, actually. Uh, I really like cardamom. Cardamom is one of my favorite spices. I think you've touched on something very important there. What's that? Be very aware of how you are hoping to apply your (laughs) potion. Yeah. If it is going in your mouth, my friend, you make sure that all of those ingredients are edible. For example, black salt if you make it traditionally with like ashes and stuff from your cauldron, don't put that in your mouth, baby. Detta got me. Detta made me this beautiful black salt out of activated charcoal so that I can eat it and put it in my kitchen spells, which is like the most thoughtful, kind, amazing thing anyone's ever done because like most black salt you can't eat because it would put a bunch of carcinogens in your body and that's not good for you um and so she very thoughtfully made 
this beautiful, fine black salt with activated charcoal, and I've low-key been putting it kind of on everything. Have you really? Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. Well, we have to do a mutual love fest here because listeners are going to see on Instagram probably next week. This week is crazy. So <laughs> sometime after the week of the 11th, I'm going to put linseed oil on, oh my gosh, is it six or seven? It's so many spoons. Five. Oh my goodness. Corey made me these gorgeous spoons. I, I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to take pictures of them before the linseed oil and after the linseed oil. They are gorgeous. And she did artwork on one side and words on the other. They're just, oh, Corey, I love them so much. And Tammy was like, you can't use these. We have to hang them up. I went, no, no. We're you have linseed. to use them. No, the whole point is to use them and imbibe my potions with the magic that Corey has put into these these spoons they're absolutely gorgeous what a great yule gift it was awesome but so like, we'll share all that all those things we can use in our potions yeah, exactly also you made me think of another potion that i didn't even really think of what? that is like my favorite one it's one that um when i'm feeling like lonely or like you know that kind of cold feeling that you're not actually cold but you kind of feel cold mm -hmm. So I make a butternut squash, a curry butternut squash soup. And you made me think of it because I use basil in it. And it is warm all the way down to your tummy. It's and good. it's like my favorite. And that's an immersion blender one. Oh. <laughs> Do you know sure. what curries are really good for? Speaking hmm. of potions and protection and stuff like that. Tell me. When I'm doing ghost work or I've oh. gotten through doing ghost work. Um it's so funny butternut squash curry is one of my favorites like ever and it's often I'll do it after I've done some astral work or um or some ghost ancestral work um yeah I love that I love that, that. I'll have to make it for you sometime <laughs> I would love yours you're such a good cook oh my I don't gosh. have a recipe for it I make it up every time oh your cookies were so freaking good I have never and it, Tammy literally did this she she uh, she ate one of the sugar cookies, like just took one bite and went, okay, this is the best sugar cookie I've ever had in my life. I'll tell Nikki you said <laughs> yeah. that. And she was like, I thought I made the best sugar cookies in the world, but I don't anymore. I have been usurped because this is the best sugar cookie I've ever had in my life. And they were. My cookie great. game this year was tight. It was awesome. But I got to, between now and next year, I mm -hmm. got to perfect that biscochito. I just can't get it quite right. What? I freaking it's, loved them. It's not perfect yet. Okay. Don't tell don't tell my abuela that I'm changing her recipe. Don't tell her. I saved one. I could only save one. And my daughters had a bite of one and went, why don't we have more? <laughs> and I went, because I ate them. That's why. Because <laughs> I ate them up yum yum. <laughs> um, I'm going to get, they're going to be perfect next year. They'll be perfect. I can't wait. That's what I that's what I love about potions. They can be as mundane or as magical as you want them to be. I feel like in literature and media there's a there's a sort of feeling around potions that like you have to have very specific measurements mm -hmm. and and like weird wackadoodle ingredients. By the way, yes. uh, the ingredients in the potion that the witches use at the beginning of Macbeth, those are all names for plants. Just a heads up, all the weird like eye of newt and like 
tongue of dog type things. Those are mm-hmm. all colloquial nicknames for plants. Um, but the thing about plants in re- or not plants, potions in reality, mm-hmm. I think, is that you. I'm very fast and loose with my potions, and I'm very mm-hmm. much like improvising them. And so I pick a vessel, and I fill it till it's full, and yeah. then it's done. And there you have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I also think, back to mainstream media just a little bit, I think potions have gotten a bad rap. Thank you, Snow White's Witch, you know? Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. I mean, and and what you said, the history that a lot of times potions were used for poisons and stuff like that. So what do you use potions for? Do you, I mean, what type of spell work do you use it for? Do you use it in your daily life? What do you do? Normally, potions for me are a bath time and a food or drink time thing. Mm -hmm. Very occasionally, I will create a potion that gets buried Mm -hmm. or or taken somewhere and poured out. Well, I have never buried one. I've done that. I've done the latter, but I've never buried one. That's interesting. Do you mind sharing what was what was the spell where you buried it? Uh, It was a um, releasing to the earth spell. So wow, nice. Very nice. Yeah. I yeah. put like a I put like a paper, like a that thin sort of wax paper, crepe paper stuff mm-hmm. over top and tied it on with string so that over time the water in the ground would open the paper and then it would like seep out. Nice. Oh, so you bury you didn't bury it in the vessel. You poured oh, it. Oh, I buried it in the it. vessel, but the oh, vessel did. had the vessel had that disposable not disposable, um biodegradable topper on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that is fun. I'll have to try that one. Yeah, bath time is huge for me. And cooking. I just cooked. We, My wife and I, for New Year's Day, we cooked. I know. We cooked a vegetarian. Wellington? Thank you. Yep. She texted me about it. That's <laughs> why I know. The- <laughs> yeah, a vegetarian Wellington. So it was basically mushrooms and, and wine. It was absolutely it was one of the most scrumptious things I've ever eaten in my life. And we made it together, which was uh, we did it on purpose to make it together with very, um, very clear intentions. But it was also I've baked for now three or four years pretty, you know, consistently. And I've never made a layered pastry before a puffed pastry. I know I've never, ever done it. And it was really hard folding it, then get it anyway. So we did a puffed pastry. We didn't do it from the store we actually made it but we used a lot of ingredients we used some ingredients that my daughter had made uh, some apple cider that she'd made this summer from her home and a couple of other ingredients that we'd grown ourselves and very intentional and we that wellington was a potion for 2021 and then we imbibed it and we enjoyed it and we talked about uh, ritual and intentions over the meal and we savored the meal and enjoyed mm-hmm. the meal the way we want to savor and enjoy 2021 so there's a potion I love that. yeah my it's mold wine at yuletide yeah. was a potion mm-hmm. boy that was tasty yeah. i drank it over the course of a few days Did i never you? wanted it to end and now it's gone <laughs> oh sad i have to say winter solstice this year for me was so special i don't know if it was because of the conjunction or what was going on, but it was just extra, extra special this year. I hope everybody had a really special one. Um, Me too. Yeah. Or at it least was very something. relaxed here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the positive thing of coming out of not, you know, 
going all going, going, going. Like, I don't know if all of you out there go, go, go usually around the holidays, but I do. And I have to fight really hard to keep the 21st for um, winter solstice free because <laughs> it can very easily. And Tammy will even sometimes forget, oh, I scheduled. No, you did not because we're not. <laughs> but we didn't have to worry about that this year. So, yeah, it was a lot less stress. I love that. Yeah. Um, the part in uh, Practical Magic where they mm. make the syrup. Yes. See? that I'm very relatable to that because I like to make potions as salad dressings. I like to make... I just get like a wild, uh, just like a wild hair to like make something sometimes. And it usually ends up being like a hot soup or a pot roast or something. But the thing I love about particularly potions in the kitchen is that you can take the leftovers of things that you've made and make them ingredients in something new. So like mm. when I was making that apple pie at Samhain, I boiled down the skin and the course to make the stock. And then I used the stock for other things. So like that was definitely a potion. So that's the other thing too. You can work ahead in potions <laughs> with certain things, especially I have found. I have never had a problem with freezing my potions that I've made that I've wanted to eat later so that I've made them at the new moon, but I didn't want to use it until the full moon, but there's no way that was going to last in the refrigerator than freezing them and unfreezing them. I've never had an issue with that. I think we should talk about maybe the like basic components of a yeah, potion. Yeah, let's do it. So I think the things that are important to keep in mind when making a potion is first and foremost, what is it for? Mm -hmm. What's your intention? And, and then is it going to be a topical, an ingestible, a like what what is its sort of uh, means of administration? Yeah, in the bath, which mm -hmm. is topical, but it's different topical than a lotion or yes. an, a solve. Yeah. yeah, and you have to be careful with bath things because mm -hmm. if you're sitting in a bath, you want to make sure there's things that are, we're going to go ahead and say it, aren't going to mess up the flora and fauna of your body. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Especially for my, um, you know, vagina having people. Um, you want to be super careful about that because uh, that's a delicate ecosystem. It is. <laughs> so you got to oh be careful gosh, what you introduce is. into that ecosystem. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So intention, means of administration, mm -hmm. and then that's going to inform your medium. So yeah. say you're making a potion that you're going to pour into your bath. You want to use like a liquid coconut oil or um, a grapeseed oil you can use or things like that that are going to make your skin soft and feel good. Yeah. You're not going to use a lot of peppermint or cinnamon in those baths. No, no, you're that not. Would hurt. That would hurt. Don't do it. <laughs> but if you're going to make a potion for maybe drinking, make sure obviously that the things you put in it are edible and mm. make sure that the things you put in it are edible in the doses that you've chosen. Cause like dead is always talking about, you know, be careful yeah. with your dosage. Cause like licorice, the difference between a medicine and a poison is the dose. So oh my gosh, so be, be very so careful. careful. I stole that expression by the way, from in defense of plants. 
I love indefensive plants. Thank I you love for that guy. Me to them. Yeah. So nice. Uh, but yeah, so you want to be careful of dosage. And then there is like your magical aspect of it. Like, what do you put into it energetically? So, for example, in the morning when I make my coffee, I get all my ingredients together. There's like a little ritual about it. I boil the water. I get the filter ready. I pour the cinnamon and the little flake of salt on the beet on the grinds. I like pour the water over and I like do the thing. And that's my potion. Yeah. But it's not my potion until I imbue it with what I need it to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. And there are certain things you can make it a, a consistent ritual if you like. There are certain things I do every single morning in my coffee. No matter what I'm using, I use some of the same words. And then if I'm going to do a more elaborate potion making spell time, then I'll go ahead and add that. But I always start with a basic four lines every single morning. It just keeps me consistent and grounded. And and that is and that's what I mean by mundane. Uh, although it is a ritual, it can start to feel like, oh, I'm doing this every day. It, it can be it's a it's a mundane. You're not casting the circle, or at least I'm not. I'm not casting a circle to do the coffee potion and and work that. So that I consider that a mundane action and bringing magic into my mundane area of life. Absolutely. That's the time. It's a helpful time for me because there is not a single morning where I don't have a beverage with caffeine in it. Sometimes it's coffee. Right now it's chai. My mom got me some really delicious chai for Christmas and I've been um, drinking that can, like crazy. May I just shout out again, another thank you to Corey for introducing me to cross-cultural. Cross-culture Christian? Cross-culture Christian. He's I lovely. love him. He's oh taking a quick break over Sorry. the holidays because um, the notoriety was stressing him out because um, he didn't expect to blow up. So he's taking a break. That's for okay. his Instagram. And I was like, good job, buddy. Yeah. Um, but no matter what I drink in the morning, I um, that's when I say my morning, like, devotions. Mm-hmm. That's when I say my morning prayers. And, like, what that does is, like, yes, it's repetitious because it's every single day. But it reminds me that every single day my goal is to fill the world with laughter, love, and light. Like that is mm-hmm. part of the prayer. And it reminds me that at my center, at my, you know, gooey nougat center, that is what I am. And so, yes, it's repetitious and yes, it's very mundane, but it's also very important to remember every day as like a personal alignment check to just sort of like remember where your compass points. Do you want to send up some sparks? Oh my gosh, is it that time already? I think it might be. My spark this week is a person that I found on TikTok who I found also has a YouTube and I am thrilled about it. They are just like the coolest person. They make me so happy every time I see them on my feed. And their handle on TikTok is Alexis Nicole. And on YouTube, you will find them as Black Forager. And basically, they're this super cool human being who teaches you how to forage edible plants wherever you are. Um, The one that I saw yesterday that really inspired me was they showed this thing about 
cattails because there's a lot of for some reason I don't know why there's a lot of videos around uh right now that are like you can't eat cattails and then Alexis Nicole was like actually you can and here's how and it was just like fascinating and they this is totally my jam Corey it's I'm exactly really excited <laughs> yes I thought of you immediately um and Alexis Nicole is just so cool and so rad and like please check them out they're on TikTok I imagine they're probably on Instagram either under Alexis Nicole or Black Forager but they are on YouTube under Black Forager and they're just like a super rad person who will teach you some stuff about some plants and I'm into it I love it this is going to be a really plant heavy month I am incredibly excited about it so I can't yeah. wait to read your herb spotlight in the newsletter. Yeah. Sign up at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com if you want right. to get that newsletter. Sign up for our newsletter. So the person I want to shout out is my daughter. No, <laughs> I do. But really, it is. So my one of my daughters this year on my birthday, which is December 1st, bought me a witchy advent box. It was so amazing. And I am going to put together a lot of the things that came in this advent box. And it was from a woman called Earth Tricks. And if you go to her Etsy shop, you'll go, what, Detta, what are you talking about? She's got a couple tarot stickers and stuff like that. But mostly she's, she sells knitting uh, patterns. And if you look at these things that she's made from these patterns, they're absolutely freaking gorgeous. And all I can think is this woman does not work. She must do not work. I know she does not work. This advent calendar had things like oats, which I think I talked about on a previous episode, a key uh, snakeskin you know, because and it, no animals were harmed, which my daughter is very aware of that for me and checked it out with the seller beforehand because snakes shed their skin. And she had found one. It came with tea and and there was honey and there were rose petals. And every single one of them came with what does this particular item have to do with a witchy vibe? So, for example, honey the golden elixir of sweetness, an appropriate offering for deities and fairies, can be used in spells to bind two people together, using sachets or spell jars to sweeten relationships. And it was just things like that every single day for 24 days. It, and it did go up uh, right to, uh, it went up to the 24th, not the 21st. It was just, I this, love that. I know. So I'm going to reach out to this woman. I'm hoping that next year, around uh, November-ish, we can reach out to her and get her on the podcast and see if she does this. I don't know how many she sold this year, but it was it was spectacular. I loved it. Every single day was awesome. I love that. So that's it for... That's it so far. Next week, we're talking about pentacles. Yes, next week we're going we're gonna to dive into the suit of pentacles, and I yeah. am stoked about it. I am too. I love tarot, as you know, <laughs> and we talk about lim liminal all the time, and mm -hmm. uh, and we're very excited to have Fez on later this month. Um, Definitely. So, and her new book, yeah, the Shadow Life of Plants, Ooh. which is coming out in February. Can't wait. Yeah, I know. But I'm so, super excited. Pentacles. I did a lot of research, and I am just like buzzing about it. I can't yeah. wait to talk about it. They're an interesting. I think they're really interesting um, element to talk about. 
and that super excited. element. Yeah. So yeah. we'll talk about that next week. So but, we hope uh, you come back and it's, it's happy to be back technology, you know, and we thank you so much for your patience and yeah. your um, grace with us last week when we were gone. But um, 2020 was just like, here's one more thing. And so we had to deal with that one more thing. And, and now we're back and better than ever. So Ta-da. we're pretty, we're pretty excited about it. <laughs> um, but until next week, be well. Harm none. And don't forget, you are magic. Hey, listeners, we have a favor, don't we, Corey? We would love it if you, our listeners, have any questions that you would like to ask our incoming author, Fez Inkright. We, Detta and I, are going to ask some questions that we've come up with. But we would love to know if you have any questions, whether it's about her book or her upcoming book or just questions about magical plants. Um, please, please, please email them to us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Bonfire Babble. If you liked us, please hit that subscribe button. And if you are so inclined, go ahead and give us a rating and let your friends know. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bonfire Babble. Bonfire Babble recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of this beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the Duwamish people and real rent, please see the links in our show notes.